Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, the Bible says, and it declares, now to him, everybody say him, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power. Everybody shout power. The power at work within us. Bible says to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. It's not just about me forever. It's not going to end and ever. And I love the King James says unto him who is able to do exceedingly. Got some key KJV people in here exceedingly and abundantly above all that you could ask or think according to the power that works within you. Yes, Lord. Yo, listen. So this past Tuesday, this past Tuesday, my wife and I, we traveled to Rochester, New York, right? Rochester is not too far away. It's about three and a half hours away or so. And we went and we had a super date, you know. Some of y'all don't understand about places like Target and, uh, you know, but Target is a serious deal. We don't have Target didn't survive up here. Uh, and so we went out there. We were we didn't have uh, the, the babies were with the grandparents. And we went out there. We had a blast. We went to a movie. We went to we went and went to the Cheesecake Factory. We did all. So, uh, yes, Cheesecake Factory. You haven't had Cheesecake Factory until you had it in the States, you know. And so we went and we had a ball. It was just so dope. Like, you know, and, and so at the end of this now, the main reason for which we went out there is because we went to see somebody by the name of Corey Henry. Right? Come on, musicians. You know exactly what I'm talking about. If you're a musician, you know about Corey Henry. And if you know me personally, you know that Corey Henry is my favorite musician of all times. He plays the Hammond organ, which is, you know, I just the, if you, you go look up what a Hammond organ is, all that, that sound that you usually hear in like gospel music and church. Yeah. Okay, you don't even have an R in there. It's just church. And we, you know, so anyways, Corey Henry, I've been following him for over 10 years, been seeing his development, how God has blessed him even as a, you know, as a professing Christian and the doors that have opened. He came from tragedy where he lost both of his parents at a very young age and he's played with all sorts of bands, but now he has his own band called Corey Henry and the Funk Apostles. Yes, the pastor did wear the shirt on Sunday. And so my wife and I, we were really stoked about it. We, were, we could not wait to be there. She knows how much this means to me. And so uh, there's nobody else that I would have loved to share this moment with to go. So we expected, we paid to be able to go and just attend the Corey Henry and the Funk Apostles concert. And then what we did, right, was there is this master class option where if you pay a little extra, you can go and sit in a, in a smaller group of people and Corey will stand up and he'll share, you know, his thoughts behind some of the songs that he made and all of that. And I just thought, yo, that, that would be so fire to be able to just go and sit in a small group of people and just listen to him talk from a distance. So we show up and the man and them are just there by ourselves, right? So we're standing there. Uh, my wife and I, we're just standing there in the lobby. We're like, nobody else is here. I don't know what's going on. We got here. We got here early. Because we want to make sure that we got as close to the front as possible. So we're standing there. We're waiting. We're waiting. We're waiting. Nobody else is showing up. Suddenly this other, you know, young kid comes. He comes from the school across the street. And it's just the three of us standing there. So we're like, okay, we're just waiting. Okay, time is, you know, things run late all the time. You know, uh, I don't know what type of time these people are on. Uh, but sometimes there are people who are challenged as it pertains to time. 
So I, I just said, maybe this is one of those situations. Hallelujah. But we're standing there and suddenly the doors open and we get our, v, our T-shirt. We get our little sign that allows for us to be able to go into the thing. And then we turn around and Corey Henry is standing right there. And I'm about to lose it like a, a Beyonce concert or something like like a little high school girl or something like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, babe, oh, my gosh. Corey Henry, you know, and we go in and Corey, what happens is for some reason, because this like you need to understand this never happens. Like people don't just get in that close proximity with Corey Henry. He plays literally all over the world on stages with cats like Chick Corea. See, so yeah. And Jacob Collier and, you know, and Courtney Fraser. And Larnell, I mean, all these guys, it's just not a, it's not a common thing. So he's standing there and I'm just like, ain't no bodyguards, ain't nobody, you know. And we literally, he's standing there sipping tea. And the three of us, my wife, myself, and this other young kid, talked to him one-on-one right there for half an hour uninterrupted. Okay, y'all have no clue how dope that is, right? Like, I showed up to just be in a small group. I showed up to just be able to be in the same room and then maybe later we have this concert and the concert's going to be great. We knew the concert was going to be great. But I got to stand and have convo one-on-one with, or one-on-three with Corey Henry. And so I showed up expecting one thing. I feel it creeping up on me. But I serve a God, I hear the Bible say, that's, ex- that's able to do, come on, exceedingly and abundantly above all that I could ask or think. And so when I showed up expecting one thing, God had a different plan in mind beyond anything that I could imagine. I didn't, maybe I figured I might be able to give him a dap in passing, but the Lord allowed for me to stand there for half an hour and talk with somebody that I look up to and that I really honor and respect as a musician. And I showed up today. I don't know who I came to preach to today, but I want to declare this first over Serve City Church that there are many of us who you come to church and you come to Serve City and you think you're like, okay, here we go. Here's another Sunday, another service. This is just all it's about. This is what you expect. But I wonder if there's somebody in this place that understands that God has more for Serve City Church than just the mediocre thoughts that we often have towards it and let me come down your road some of you all you have for your life and the vision and the view that you have for your life and the things in your life are limited come on and all you're expecting out of your relationship all that you're expecting out of your family all that you're expecting who am i preaching to out of your children all that you're expecting out of your employment and your career is just mere mediocrity but i showed up this morning to encourage about 25 people to let you know that if that's what you're going to settle for then go ahead baby and accept it but my bible says that god is able to do exceedingly man i feel this thing and abundantly above all that i could ask or even think came to challenge your faith on this morning came to encourage you to understand this this morning i believe that it will be a blessing with you to you so there's a story in scripture and i love this story and the lord put this on my heart as we started to jump into this and as i was studying 
about this story of Sarah and Abraham and somebody by the name of Hagar. Everybody say Sarah, Abraham, and Hagar. And the Bible lets us know in Genesis chapter 12, I'm just going to summarize, but in Genesis chapter 12, God tells Abraham that he is going to make him the father of many nations. Now, the thing about it is, for those who don't know this, the thing about this is that number one, Abraham was 75 years old at that time. So Abraham is an older individual and he is there when God makes this promise to him in Genesis chapter 12 verse 4. It indicates and lets us know that he is 75 years of age. And so he thinks when people reach that age, they're usually thinking, hey, you know what? I've done all that I can do. I'm an older person. This is the case and there's nothing else beyond. There's nothing possible beyond this. In fact, not only this, I am incapable at this age. And my wife, who is just about 10 years younger than me, she is incapable of being to the place where she can have a child but the thing is it's incredible that abraham in this pro in or abram at the time he is because his name changes later to abraham when god makes this promise to him about many nations coming from him and being blessed because of him and through him he doesn't respond negatively in this time But what happens is that as we continue to move through the chapter, as we move through the chapter, when you get to Genesis chapter, uh, and if you will, Genesis is in the first part of the Bible. For those who are new to Bible, it's actually the first book of the Bible. And we're going to chapter third, uh, chapter 15, chapter 15. And look at what Abraham shows up and says now. So initially in Genesis chapter 12, he doesn't trip out when God makes the promise. But then as a little bit of time goes by, the Bible says in chapter 15, verse one and onward, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abraham said, watch what he says now. Say Everybody say, Abram said. He says in this moment, he says, but Abraham said, oh Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless. And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abraham said, behold, you have given me no offspring. And a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And brought him outside and said, look towards heaven and number the stars. If you are able to number them, then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And he believed God. And he counted it to him as righteousness. Man, this is some beautiful stuff because initially there's no apprehension toward this promise. But then as there's a little bit of time that passes by and Abraham thinks about it, he says, man, you saying that I'm going to be the father of many nations. I don't even have one child, not a one child. Come on, man, I don't got one child and you're making this promise to me. How is this going to happen? And then God in this moment declares to him, look outside and see the stars and see how it would be it's beyond anything that you could ever imagine or think in other words abraham in this moment he looks at his current limitations come on church and he says well this is the the fact of the matter is god must be making this promise to me his ability to be able to make this promise efficacious in my life or bring it to pass must be based upon what 
I have, what I can do, or what I can't do. But the promise huh, that God made to Abraham was not based on his current limitations. Come on, somebody. But the promise that God made to him was based on God's ability to be able to do supernatural things. It don't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how your situation looks. It doesn't matter where you didn't graduate from. It doesn't matter what degree you don't have. Who am I talking to? It don't matter what sickness you got. If God said it, it doesn't matter what limitation you're facing God is still able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you ask or think his power works in you can I give you point number one Bible says watch this and and, and so so this is what we encourage is because Abraham expresses his frustration and I want to tell somebody in regards to this don't let the reality of your current limitations hinder you from clinging to what God is saying for your future let me say it again don't let the reality of your current limitations hinder you from clinging to what God is saying for your future there are many of you and you're saying you know you read in scripture that God wants you to have the type of marriage that God wants you to have and you're saying God I can't have that type of marriage do you know the brokenness that is in my marriage right now I don't know who I'm preaching to God you know God you see that God wants you to have peace in your mind as he said in in Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 he says be careful for nothing but in everything with prayer and supplication make your request be made known unto God and the peace verse 7 that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus and you're like God how can you want me to have peace or how can I have peace right now I am facing some tumultuous situations and some heinous things have happened to me in my life and it's hard for me not to obsess over these things and God is saying that even though this may seem like a limitation even though they might have touched you inappropriately and it's plagued you to this point God is still able to break that cycle in your life and bring you to a place of peace some of you God has put in your heart in your life that he has called you to start a business and it's been in your heart and the dream has been there and he told you and you drew and you put it out there and you drew on your pad the plans that you had and then you took that those plans because of the limitations maybe because of the neighborhood you grew up in or maybe because of what people told you they told you that you couldn't do it man I preach I'm preaching hope to somebody today and they told you you couldn't do it because of all of these things or somebody I even just sense it somebody told you you're a woman women can never do that who am I talking to and you might be in a place where this limitation has stopped you from believing God but don't let your limitations stop you because God's promise for your future is not based on your current limitations it's based on the fact that he's able to create the world out of nothing that he's able come on to keep it far enough from the sun that it doesn't freeze and close enough that it does not disintegrate come on God is able if he's able to do that he can do anything that he's promised somebody give God praise if you know that he's able I remember I remember man I remember when I was 18 years old 17 years old and I just turned just turning 18 and I remember I was by myself 
in my house and I was to a place where I constantly was hearing about the gospel, about the death, the burial, resurrection of Jesus. I grew up in a pastor's home, but I was a typical PK and just, you know, I did all sorts of waste you behavior and got to the place where, you know, I was so far away from God. Uh, and I just didn't, you know, and I would show up in church and I've, if you've heard my testimony before, I just show up in church and I'll play the bass guitar. I was one of them guys, you know, I'd be there and I'd be one of those musicians and all I'd be doing was trying to think, who can I hook up with? Who can I get with? And that was my view. And that was who I was. I wasn't studying Jesus. Come on. I was studying the Galdem. And so it was to the place where after service, one, you know, I was through the, through the week I was in my uh, apartment and I was sitting on the couch. Come on. And while I'm sitting there on my couch is when I was, I, I finally, for the first time, this stuff that the pastor was saying over and over again, the stuff that he was saying over and over again about how Jesus came and he loved me and he died for my sins and he rose from the dead with all power in his hand. This thing, it just made, it just clicked one day and I read it for myself in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And simultaneous to this, I also heard in my head, I heard the Lord say in my head, and now I know it's the Lord, but I heard a voice say, I called you to preach. And so simultaneous to me getting saved because I gave my life to the Lord right there on my couch, uh, I heard this in my head. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, yo, the man them are like, are we just nuts or something? Like I'm hearing stuff. And I got up and I went to the kitchen and I said, I said this in my head. I said, God, I grew up hearing the story of Jonah and I don't want to get swallowed by a fish. And so since I don't want to get nabbed by a fish, if this is you, you have to have my dad to call me tonight before 12, uh, before midnight. And so I put the, anybody ever else, else ever put up the fleece out there? God, if this is you. Yeah, when you first start, you know, you can do that type of stuff. And God also does answer. Later on, there's a little more maturity that grows and you don't get those black and whites. But early on, that was what I put out there. And I said, God, if this is you. And so I was in the position where I was there. And I, you know, the man were watching all Fresh Prince reruns, fam. On Nickelodeon at night. Come true, Fresh Prince. And we're going back to back to back. We're just backing them off like nonstop. Until I remember, it, you know, this is the thing. My dad only calls me once a week. And he had called me already. Because I lived in Michigan at the time. He was still in Toronto. And he only called me once a week. And he had called me earlier that day. So there was no reason for him to call me back. And so it's getting to that time. It's getting to that time. It's like 1158. And I'm looking, I'm like, God, I said before midnight, you know, like what all is going on? And as soon as it's like 11, as soon as it turned 1159, the phone rang. Phone rung. And, and, uh, and right when the phone rings, you know, at that point in time, you know, I look down and I almost crap myself because it says Ontario call. And I looked and I saw it was my house number, my parents' house number. So I pick up the phone and my, it's my dad on the line. And my dad says, because see some of y'all, you wonder why is this guy so passionate, man? Because I'm telling you, God, God unequivocally called me. I'm not second guessing. I don't have to, I don't have to, to, to try and figure it out. No, he made it clear, young man. And so he calls me, my dad calls me and he says, I'm like, dad, why are you calling me now? He says, I just felt led to call you right now. 
And I was able to tell him in that moment what it was that took place. And later that night, I had a vision. Some people don't believe about this type of stuff. But I remember I was in my room and I had this vision that took place that further solidified. If you want to know more about it, you know, come talk to me about it after. But it further solidified it. And when I got up, the reason why, here it is, the reason why I didn't believe it. Because God went on to tell me that he was going to use me to plant churches and to raise up people for, uh, for the ministry and all of this stuff around the world. I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I'm 18 years old you know the man and are just still trying to learn to pull our pants up like let alone be planting churches and encourage and impart anything to anybody i just gave my life to the lord and in the context that i was in the only way that i was going to enter ministry is if i went through a four-year undergrad and i had just dropped out of school to pursue music full-time and i was owing so i couldn't get right back into school had to do my four years of undergrad then i had to do two years of seminary probably two years plus and then potentially i may have been able to then get a job within that system and so when i looked at this call there was the limitation of my lack of education there was the limitation of that sally may devil come on somebody and i didn't know how in the world i was going to get past that osap demon unless it got casted out but the fact is that that this limitation who am i talking to this limitation proposed itself to this 18 year old as something that god was unable to do or maybe i just missed it maybe it was that taco bell that i ate maybe it was a coincidence but then step after step whenever i put those limitations up god would show me come on somebody he would put examples in my path of what he called me to do who's heard of mary and elizabeth come on mary and elizabeth mary god told her that she was going to get pregnant miraculously by the holy spirit and and the fact is that she was like how in the world is this going to be so and god tells her i'm the one that's going to do this miraculously but then he said hmm have you considered your 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 cousin elizabeth or elizabeth she was someone who was unable to have children and the bible declares and lets us know says that that she that elizabeth was with a child at that moment and the same way that god was going to do it for elizabeth was the same way that he was going to do it for mary and for many of you you've been presenting your limitations to god and god's been saying have you considered have you considered have you considered not to look at them and to be in a place of jealousy not to look at them and be in a place of comparison but be to be to the place where you have a reference for god's ability (laughs) man i'm preaching i wonder if there's about 10 people in this place you're saying i'm not gonna be jealous another day in my life when i see somebody get blessed in an area where i need blessing instead of being jealous or comparing i'm gonna say thank you jesus because if you were able to do it for them you're able to do Somebody give God praise because he's able. He made it clear to me that he was going to do this and I presented my limitations and then bit after bit I mean the very next Sunday when I was saying God how am I going to do this as an 18 year old kid he showed up and when I got to got on the organ to play on Sunday guess who was getting up there was another guy whose birthday was just a few days before mine we had the same age group and he was getting up preaching and it was named his name was Reverend Christopher Moore and I'm like how in the world is he a reverend how did he become a preacher how did this happen he's the same age as me i know he didn't go to school and god was using him to show me that your limitations even if you've never seen it before who am i talking to 
God is still able to put reference points in your life. Come on. I know your marriage might not be where you think it should be, but God is able to do it. Who am I talking to? I know that that relationship and you being in the place where you are might not be where you are, but God is able. And I love it because, you know, when we go on to this, can I move on? Got eight minutes and eight seconds, but I just feel this thing. And so as we go on, the Bible makes it clear to us and lets us know. Now, Sarah, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children. Here it is again, just reiterating this uh, situation, this limitation. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. Everybody say Hagar. The Bible says, and Sarai, because her name ultimately was changed to Sarah, said to Abram, behold, now the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Look at this. Go in to my servant, Hagar. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. Look at this. And Abraham listened to the voice of Sarai. So Abraham, so after Abram had lived 10 years in the land of Canaan, Sarah, Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her to Abram, her husband, as a wife. And he went into Hagar and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. So she was bragging about it. She's looking like, mm, look at what I was, it was able to happen to me as opposed to what's your, you know, your inability comparing it to that. And Sarai said to Abraham, may the wrong done to me be on you. I gave my servant to you to embrace. And when she saw that she conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. Can I give you point number two? There it is. Point number two. Point number two. God doesn't ever need a hand. In the orchestration of his plan. That's good enough to preach to your neighbor. Look at him and tell him neighbor. Oh neighbor. God doesn't ever need a hand. In the orchestration of his plan. So Sarah is to the place, Sarai, where she's like, you know what? I'm here and I'm to this place. And, you know, and so if God did promise this to us, this may be, must be how it. And then again, from her place of insecurity, from the fact that she is past age, she's like, this must be the way that God is going to do what God promised. And so she goes and starts meddling and tries to find a way to make this thing and manipulate this thing to happen in her life. When God had already orchestrated and was behind this thing to make it happen. And there's someone in here today, I don't know who I'm talking to, but there's someone in here today that because of your limitations, which is the fertile ground for insecurity, you're to the place where you think that God must have to do certain things a certain way. And so you've been trying to manipulate the situation in order to make it happen. You've been, many of you, you've been lowering your standards just so you can get something to happen in your life. Because, but at the end of the day, God is not going to call you to lower your standards or throw your morals out the window in order to get something to take place in your life. God has orchestrated it. And when we understand that it's based on his ability and not based on our limitation, then we're able to be to the place where we're able to see his power moving in our lives. God doesn't ever need a hand in the orchestra. You know, people, there are people in our lives every now and again. You ever seen, known someone that, that wants to, that just wants to help so bad? 
And then you would, you may have put stuff together and you spent a whole bunch of time trying to do stuff. And then you come and you show up. And this has happened to me countless times, especially if you have children. Come on, somebody. And they are well-meaning many times. They're well-meaning. And then you go and you try, you, this thing that you put time and effort in. But dad, I was just trying. But dad, I was just trying to. But mom, I was just. And they oftentimes will jack stuff up in an attempt to help. And I'm just here to tell you, I can say it in my indoor voice, that there's somebody in here today that you've been meddling and messing with God's orchestration of his plan. And he wanted me to show up and tell you today that if I am capable of literally holding everything in the world together in the palm of my hand, then I am capable of orchestrating that which you think is impossible. And so look at this, because I want to go a step further. And I, because uh, Isaiah chapter 55, this is because many of us, this is why scripture, keep your finger in, in the book of Genesis. Isaiah is a little further down towards the middle of the Bible for those who are new to scripture. And so uh, Isaiah is right before Jeremiah. And, and so Isaiah chapter, Isaiah chapter 55, one of my favorite passages of scripture, Isaiah 55 verse 8 through 11 says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven. In other words, these are things that are going to happen. And do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. The Bible says in the same text says, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I have purposed it to do and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. So as God has promised you something personally, or if he's promised you something in his word, if you and I are to the place where we trust in God, as opposed to trying to manipulate stuff, we know that God's thoughts are above ours. In other words, what you're thinking about how he's going to do it and what you're thinking and your perspective is of the situation. It is not omniscient. You are not all knowing God is. And so you and I are incapable of being to the place where we can fully wrap our minds around his plan. And so our blessed, the best plan is to do like Abraham eventually and get to the place where we trust his plan. Are you still with me? And so I got two more for you than I'm out of here. Here it is. Here it is. Because look at what happens as a result of Sarah, Sarai in the moment putting her hand and meddling in the plan that God had and saying, hey, go and take the servant. She just set him up like with a side piece type of a flex. She's like, you can have my servant as a side piece and go. And because that's the way that God is going to do his thing. But God is not trying to set up no side piece flex. He can do it through the main flex. Oh, man, that just preached to somebody right there. I'm not even going to go any further. Number three, hallelujah, our interference with God's promise adds drama and lessens our revelation of his power in our lives. So now they got drama. Now they're beefing. Now Sarah's like, yo, you're a waste, you Adam. I mean, Abram. Because you went in and did this and the same thing that happened, that what has happened in this contempt, I wish it, I wish it worse on you because of this which has happened when she's the one that suggested it in the first place. 
drama now comes into their relationship. But it also lessens. Oftentimes when we meddle in stuff, it often will lessen the impact or the, uh, the, the, the revelation that we have of God's power in our life. Come here, Moses. Moses, Moses. In Exodus chapter 4, verse 10, after God shows up in a burning bush to a guy named Moses. Moses is one of the first prophets of God. He is the one that God uses to deliver his people from Egyptian slavery and bondage in the Old Testament, which is the first half of the Bible. And God shows up to Moses and God tells Moses I'm going to use you to go in and I want you to go into the Egyptian camp and I want you to tell them X, Y, and Z. You know what Abraham, what Moses says? Moses says, God, but I have a speech impediment. I stutter, Lord. So, so I, instead of using my mouth, I want you to see, uh, God ends up telling him, there, there's this Aaron who's next to you. Use Aaron as your mouthpiece. So you tell him what you want him to say. And he'll be the one that declares because you have insecurity based on the limitations that you have. But it was not God's perfect will for Aaron to be Moses' spokesperson. God wanted to use Moses even with his speech impediment. Because the power of God is not based on my might. It's not based on my ability, come on, but it's based upon the power and the ability of our almighty God. And there's someone here today that you're living the plan B for your life. Come on, when God has called you to walk because he wants to reveal his power in and through you, not through somebody else. What area of your life are you doing that? What year area of your life are you walking in a side chick anointing? Well, and God has called you to be the one through whom he demonstrates his power and so this is why I say number three our interference with God's promise adds drama and lessens our revelation of his power imagine if Moses actually continued to walk and allowed himself to be the mouthpiece even with his stammer and his stutter, he would have seen the power of God manifest. Check it out. Read Exodus chapter 4, verse 10 through 16. I just have to summarize for the sake of time. And so, as I'm bringing this plane down for a landing, I just love this because time and time again, Abraham is reminded that all he has to do in the completion between the, prom- the making of the promise and the fulfillment of the promise is trust and obey. Everybody say trust and obey. Trust and obey. Because the fact of the matter is that God is not requiring you. See, you trust in God's ability. You trust in the fact that he is God. And through trust in God, he then, watch this, takes your natural and adds his super to it and makes it supernatural through trust grace which is God's strength and his work on our behalf through faith when we put trust in God his supernatural ability becomes efficacious in our lives and so here in this passage this is where we're at because the Bible makes it clear Uh, here's point number four can I give you point number four between the making of the promise and its fulfillment God only requires our faith and obedience Abraham was a hundred years old 
and Sarah was about 90 when Isaac was born. God made the promise to him in Genesis chapter 12 when he was 75. That's like 25 years that went by before this promise came to pass. In between, in the meantime, I remember my pastor a long time ago preached a message called in the meantime. In between when God said it and it happens. Many times we just lament and we just trip and we just God and God continuously every time Abraham tripped God always sent a reminder to show him hey I said what I said and even if time has passed by and you haven't seen it yet who am I talking to if I said it to you or if I said it in my word you can take it to the bank you can stand on it and so today I want to encourage you I want to talk to somebody and remind you that if God has said it, I remember, man, even after I got called to ministry and I shared that to you, the time between that happening and me being here now in Toronto planting Serve City, even the time the church that we planted in Michigan, which now tons of people are coming to and so many have been saved and God is blessing so many people out there in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And now here we are and even other churches have planted because of the thing that God said to me sons and daughters in the ministry for layman's terms mentees in the ministry that I've been able to train for ministry and send out for ministry even now across seas things you guys are getting ready to hear about just on another level and I at that moment I didn't even see how it would happen but in the meantime, God continued to send people to say, listen, son, this is what I said over your life. And if I said it, I'm faithful to do it. All y'all are sitting here right now as a fulfillment of what God has said in my life. But I couldn't see it then. As an 18 year old, 17 year old kid, 17, 18 year old kid. And so I don't know who I'm talking to, but God is telling you to trust and obey. I remember this. Do you know that hymn, Trust and Obey? It says, When you walk with the Lord In the light of His word What a glory He sheds on our way And while we do His good will This is old school. He abides with us still And with all who will trust and obey And we say Trust and obey For there's no other way To be happy in Jesus And trust and for there's no other way, for there's no other way. Come on, to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. I feel hope in this place.